You're tuning in to Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Spectre Radio. Radio. There are two types of people in the world. Those who spoil things, and those who don't. Thank you, Drax, for the spoiler warning. Once again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. Hope you're ready. It'll be here any minute. Is that a rifle? You don't know what a rifle looks like? It's just swords were your thing and guns were mine. But I guess we're both doing guns now. I just didn't know that. Well, that's intense. I see it within you. Fear. Jealousy. Betrayal. It is our duty to cleanse the universe of this weakness. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags, but that isn't true at all. Dude. Ah, I'm using my wrong eye. Throat, put your seatbelt on! Jack up our price if we're two time galaxy savers. Yes! All any of you do is yell at each other. You're not friends. You're right. We're family. We're also Spectre Radio. <laughs> Gosh, you're, Lisa, you're right. These get worse and worse as we they, go on. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we have some good ones and then we just get a little stale, but we have fun. We're, we try. Yeah, we definitely do. Anyway, guys, welcome back. So tonight's going to look a little bit different. Um, Andrew is not <laughs> sound and a little different. Sound <laughs> a little different. Look at well, it's gonna look different for us, but it's look. gonna sound a little different for everybody's ears. Unfortunately, uh, Andrew could not make it with us tonight, but no worries. We have a returning Star Wars guest joining us tonight. He is the host of the Pass Holders Guide podcast. Everybody, welcome back, Adam. Woo-hoo! Hey, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances, but. <laughs> we miss you, Andrew. Yes, we well, miss you, Andrew. Well, well Adam, we Adam and I do, I guess. Why is about that? to say whoa, whoa, something whoa, whoa. else? You were like, no, well, no. well, like you were about to contradict us. No, I was about to say that Adam's been, you know, I asked Adam when we started this MCU run, you know, what movie do you want to come on for? And he said Guardians. And I completely either forgot or blew him off. So <laughs> that's Probably so now, sounds like the latter. <laughs> so now it works out that he gets to be on for Guardians Volume 2. While we talk about that, Alyssa, bring us in with that movie recap. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Peter Quill and his fellow Guardians, his love Gamora, the gun-loving raccoon Rocket, the warrior Drax, and the plant, who is reborn as Baby Groot, 
are hired by a powerful alien race, the Sovereign, to protect their precious batteries from invaders. On their way out with their payment, Nebula, they discover that Rocket has stolen some of the batteries. The Sovereign then dispatch their armada to search for vengeance. The Guardians manage to defeat them with some help, but their ship is shot down. While trying to repair their ship, the team is greeted by Peter's long-lost dad, Ego, a Celestial. Rocket, Baby Groot, and Nebula stay behind to fix the ship. Ego and his assistant, Mantis, take the rest back to his planet. After failing to capture the team, the Sovereign hire Yondu and his Ravagers to capture them. But when there is mutiny and Yondu is betrayed, he becomes close to Rocket. Back at Ego's home, he reveals his plans to remake everyone and everything in the universe to Peter. Mantis tells the rest of his friends the truth. Yondu, Baby Groot, and Rocket race to save the rest of the team. As the Guardians try to escape the living planet, the planet fights back. Will the team fall to childish mistrust again? Or can the Guardians of the Galaxy save the galaxy once again? Cool, moving into our first topic of Behind Ego. Oh my gosh. <laughs> These also get worse as well, picking I don't know. What, what Maybe it should have been the Walkman instead. Behind Ego. <laughs> At least it's not inside ego. At least we oh, didn't go that route. Oh, all right. Uh, well, that's at the end of the movie. We just did. Oh, Lord. Anyway, a couple of behind the scenes. Actually, I'm going to pass off to Adam. Adam, what are your couple Come um, on, behind Adam. the scenes for this movie? Dazzle us. All righty. Well, I went online and uh, had a look up a few. But one that interests me is that Kurt Russell's younger self, you know, looked like it would be CGI. We know there have been major advances with that, with a lot of, you know, different TV shows and movies but it was mainly done with just makeup. They had, um, uh, let's see, the guy's name was uh, Dennis Linder. He'd been in, you know, 2017. Uh, he was in the industry for almost 30 years. And he told James Gunn, hey, I got this. And, you know, a few little touch-ups with CGI, but for the most part, all done with makeup. Other ones I found that I, I you know, things I found interesting was that, uh, let's see, Karen Gillan, we all know her as Nebula, uh, can't really get into character without being in her makeup and her costume <laughs> you know their original rehearsal she's like nah this it doesn't feel right i can't do this so it's either dress um, rehearsal or bust for her right right exactly um one i was surprised that didn't get mentioned last uh for the last show was that the music is for the scenes is chosen before the scene is shot Normally, it's the other way around. Ooh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, oh. so awesome mix volume one was all set, you know, before the movie shot and same that's thing awesome. for volume two. I mean, that was very ironic for me to say that, but it is very awesome <laughs> that that was the case. Last one I had on my list was that the Mary Poppins line at the end for with Yondu, totally ad-libbed. Totally ad-libbed? You, you can't. Yep. So I've read that they, the script. I've read that they wanted to do the Mary Poppins, but like how they wanted to say it. Apparently he had a lot of curse words that he wanted he wanted to, to throw in it as well. But the I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That was I believe that was the line that was actually finally mm -hmm. improved and selected. Wow, that's kind of cool. Cool. I'll continue with mine since I kind of took over Adam's last one. Um, so the cast of this movie used the tiny baby goat statue as a reference point 
during scenes on set. Oh. Imagine how many times that thing might have been misplaced <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the end of every, every shoot. Probably. Um, Kurt Russell never saw the original Guardians movie before getting hired to play Ego in Volume What? Two. I saw that one too. That was that mind-blowing. Kurt, what are you doing, man? Disappointment. Um, Bradley Cooper only does the voice of Rocket. So Sean Gunn, which is the director's brother, is the one who brings Rocket's on-screen presence to life. Oh. Way to take much stuff I had for later. (laughs) (laughs) You can can still use it for later. Um, Palm Clementif Mantis. Um, It took her three and a half Three and a half to four hours in the makeup chair to do her makeup. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, her eyeballs are humongous. So her eyeballs, the antenna, antenna that that come out. Yeah, those are pretty intense. Um, and then lastly, James Gunn would actually play the score and the soundtrack to the film while the actors were arriving onto the set to kind of get them in the in the right mindset and the mood. That's cool. Can you imagine that for like, you know, you, you, you go back to episode three of Star Wars, you know, when, <laughs> when Obi-Wan and Anakin are getting ready for their duel Mustafar. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, it'd be too hype. Everyone would be too hype. It'd be like super like angst. Anakin. Yeah. I liked what you said about um, Sean Gunn having like his cameo and like standing in and doing the like physicality for Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the motion James- capture. Yes. James Gunn actually choreographed and served as the motion capture model for Groot's dance scenes in the opening credits. <laughs> and it took the visual effects team two years to complete the rendering. Oh my gosh. And what's funny is we finally get an explanation in this movie as to why baby Groot always freezes when Drax for sur- for, catches yeah, for Drax. him. And it's why? only for Drax because of what you said when we got started. He doesn't like people who dance. That's why he liked his wife because she didn't dance. So it's like oh. an inside joke. Like baby oh, Groot knows that, that Drax oh. doesn't like people who dance, right? Because that's what he says. Like, oh, you think you love Gamora, but she's not a dancer. And Peter's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a little inside thing. Like basically it says Groot always freezes when Drax catches him dancing because he knows Drax disapproves of it. And in the scene in the film, obviously Drax explains that he was attracted to his late wife because she steadfastly did not dance. So I love that. I thought that was funny. In the comics, Taserface is actually a a warrior from a cybernetically enhanced race known as the Stark. And the Stark are an alien race that found Iron Man technology that had accidentally crashed on their planet. And as a result, they worship Tony Stark as their god. <laughs> well, who doesn't worship Tony Stark? Um, Stark has a job as a, <laughs> as a god. <laughs> Plenty of people, but um, I feel like Andrew would have had that one were he here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple others. Um, some, some more about Groot. We know that Groot only communicates with the phrase, I am Groot, in different inflections. Mm-hmm. So James Gunn actually created a Groot version of the script for Vin Diesel, which contained each of Groot's lines actually in English. So that way he could give like different inflections 
and give like different meanings to the lines that he was delivering instead of just repeating the same phrase over and over again. It gave more context, right? And did you know that baby Groot is actually the offspring of Groot, not the same character? Baby, baby Groot that makes is sense. Groot's mm-hmm. son. So the first Groot is dead, and this yeah. is baby Groot. So it's not like a Phoenix situation where you like are reborn from the ashes and it's like the same yeah, yeah, yeah. thing again. It's uh it's just like a bud from the original plant. Yeah, no, th- that makes sense because plants are asexual. So that makes sense that it was so yeah, that's that, that kind of broke the internet when when that news came out because that was you know James Gunn had to clarify that no adult group's gone. This is baby group, different right. different person. Which is like funny because then does he have any of like regular Groot's memories because like how does he know that Drax disapproves of dancing other than like the story that we get in the movie maybe he overheard it or something I don't know but maybe like memories kind of like yeah transition it could be it could be um last thing I have is I'm wearing my Lost Bros Tower of Terror shirt I don't know if you guys can see that it says it's a pocket shirt and it says just dropping in on the bottom (laughs) (laughs) And I wore that, of course, because we know the Tower of Terror ride in Disneyland was rethemed when this movie actually came out in 2017. And um, on Disney Plus last night, um, I was watching Behind the Attraction. Have you guys seen any of those episodes yet? Yeah, those are cool. They're interesting, Only right? the first one. Yeah, so I skipped ahead because Tower of Terror is one of my favorite rides. And I was <laughs> like just wanting to watch it last night. And coincidentally, a lot of the episode is actually about the retheming of the attraction in Disneyland and how it differentiates from the one in Disney World, of course. So I thought that was interesting that they timed the retheme and the release with the release of this movie of uh, Memorial Day weekend in 2017. And what's really cool about the ride, which I didn't know and makes me very excited to ride it in about three weeks, is that. When you get on the um, little elevator cart, that's not an elevator anymore, whatever they're calling it. When you get in the ride vehicle, you don't know what song you're going to get. It's six randomized songs from the movie. Um, and, and even the cast members don't know what song you're going to get. So you can ask them and they're like, it's random. Like, I literally don't know. And you'll get in there and it'll be a different song. That's cool. So that I think really that'll cool. be neat. Um, I lied. Was, I actually have one more, but sorry, go ahead. Was was that the ride Alyssa that you and I rode on and then Andrew, my wife, went and saw Beauty and the Beast and <laughs> no. had ice cream? No, we went on rock and roller coaster. You're right. Aerosmith, because yeah. because uh I think at that point I had still not ridden Tower of Terror. I had a lot when I used to have a pass, um, annual pass, a lot of my friends um, that do those kind of thrill rides won't do tower of terror. Like for some reason, Adam, you won't do it. Oh, I will. You won't do it. Well, okay. Then we're going, obviously. (laughs) Great. We're all going to go. I had just never done it. And it doesn't really look like a a ride that you think would be appealing. If you've never been on it, it looks scary. And, uh, I was feeling particularly brave one day and I was like I'm just gonna go by myself and you know you can do single line uh, or actually you can't do single rider on that not on tower Um, not on tower but when you get in the boiler room they're like party of two party of two and they're like you know so as long as you listen you can cut in the line 
So I always make sure to listen. And even if I'm all the way in the back, I'll be like me, me one. And they'll be like, come on up. And you cut everybody. And then in front of you will be a party of two. And they're like, oh man. And you're like, should have listened. Should it be quiet? So, right. Exactly. So yeah, I remember doing that. And, um, I sat next to complete strangers, of course, cause I was by myself. And this guy was like screaming, like a little girl and hanging <laughs> on to me for dear life. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's scary. So was yeah, his name that, Andrew? No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew was safely on the ground somewhere. Watch but, the beauty and the beast. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds like once we reactivate our annual passes, guys, now that Disney's selling those again, Ooh. we will be taking a team trip onto Tower of Terror. But Heck I will yeah. uh, gladly ride Mission Breakout in a few weeks here and let you know what the experience is like. But there was actually one other snippet I read today, like minutes before we jumped on here. Um, obviously, if you don't live under a rock, you know that What If is going to premiere very soon on Disney+. Plus. I believe it's August 11th. And I read an article yeah. today that said that not only are all the events in What If canon in the MCU because of the multiverse, so they say, but um, someone had actually pitched a Guardians um, what if episode to like the creative team. And they had to actually break the news to that person that this is the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and we can't use it for an episode. <laughs> we're going to spoil like half of the movie, like the back half, the ending of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So apparently we're getting a Guardians 3. I read it in an article today. You heard it here first, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> right. My oh, yeah, was, Thanks. There was a big stink about uh, a lot of the actors want to do it unless James Gunn got hired back by Disney. And James Gunn is back. So, yeah. oh yeah, right. Guardians 3 is on. Yeah. I was going to say, they have to do it with him. Aren't we getting a Guardians ride at Epcot? We yes. are, yes. The largest indoor roller coaster in the world. It's got to be done soon. I don't know. The, a lot of the outside facade has been, I think, is done. Um, still, the walls are still up, but, uh, you know, they've announced the ride vehicle. And, and we're just waiting for, you know, a time to, to, for Disney to say, hey, come test it. And let's open. Let's go. Nice. Yeah, we never know when they're actually going <laughs> to. <laughs> do well, that indoor. now right it's all indoors so we don't know if they're even testing it yet you know that other theme parks point. other theme parks around here you know they built the roller coaster started testing and didn't even have the announcements going yet yeah they announced it in august of 2019 so literally two years ago that it was happening and here we are still still waiting under construction forever, forever waiting tbd <laughs> All righty. I think that is going to get us prepared for our next category of what if. All righty. So this one I struggled with. I feel like Same. we're so hot and cold with these recently. Um, what was funny was last week we were like, oh, mine's not very thought provoking. And then everyone had like. That's literally Andrew for every one of these. great questions. So. I don't want to be presumptuous about my <laughs> what ifs, but um, I wrote down like two or three because I was like, eh, I don't really like any of these. But my first thought was, what if Mantis never told 
the gang the truth about ego? Do you think they would have figured it out by themselves? Like, what do we think would have happened if Mantis never told the truth, never came clean? Peter figured it out, you know, obviously as his dad is, you know, unfolding everything. But as far as the rest of the crew, they would have been blindsided. They no clue. Gamora was, you know, very very cautious about the entire thing yeah very suspicious i think she would have beat it out of manis she was getting she was getting ready to and Jax was like she already told me everything right so, you know that saved her I, I think gamora would have beat it out of her you think we would have got the smackdown i think we would have had little pieces of mantis oh no wow <laughs> you think yeah. Drax would have allowed that yeah, we'll get to that one on, on on a little bit later. What I think and about she's Drax. beautiful on the inside. This is my ugly bug friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my thought is like almost like ego in a way had Peter like in this trance like state, kind of like Jafar and Jasmine like all over again. Um, so you know if he wouldn't have been able to like break out of that and if Mantis never told the gang the rest of what was going on, then we might've got a, a different second half of the movie. I don't know. Well, Ego had Peter sold on the idea. If right. he had just kept his mouth shut about the tumor, Peter would have been right. all in. True. That was, yeah, he did what all villains do wrong in a Disney movie and he started monologuing. Right. <laughs> um, my other one was, or should I save it? Let's we we'll let you guys go because I don't want to step on your toes just in case, uh, you know, you guys have the same one. So Adam, what what's your what if? Well, I thought of one for after when you know listening to the last podcast, and it almost made it to your inbox for the next uh, you know, question segment. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad I waited. Yes, yeah, submit um, your questions. We need your questions. I think I'm gonna hold on to that one, but. The, my big what if is what if Yandu actually delivered a young Peter Quill to Ego? Ooh, dang, that is a good one. That's a great question. Wow. That's the premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. What does I feel that like Peter would have <laughs> been more sold to his dad's propaganda and would be fully in or fully out. No, no, like half in, half out. Yeah, I feel like he would have raised a little playboy. Just kind of seeing like how his dad was and like Many had 20. all these wives across the galaxy doing whatever, you know what I mean? Um, dang, yeah, that's really that's crazy to think about. And obviously, like that would greatly affect Yondu then not raising somebody. He would be definitely more hard of heart. And I think he would have been, you know, way more stern and not as soft as they they portray him to be in this film. He probably wouldn't have had a mutiny, probably wouldn't have got murdered or, well, he wasn't murdered, but he sacrificed himself. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, Yondu would still be alive. I think I would, I would think he'd be rich because he would have gotten the bounty or the money. Would have been well compensated. Ego wanted him to, to do right. The job he was hired for. Yeah. That, um. That's interesting. I wonder if they, those two would have still had a relationship or continued to have their paths cross 
seeing as though like they they both seem very like reluctant parties ego or excuse me yondu and peter but at the end of the day they do have a father-son bond kind of relationship but i think a lot of that was forged when he was young kind of how he says in like the fourth (laughs) mid credit (laughs) end credit scene where he's with you know spoiler alert teenage Groot and he's like now i know how yondu felt like (laughs) your room is a mess there's vines everywhere you know like you got some sap in you and you turned into a real jerk right i am Groot. so yeah um i think that definitely would have affected yondu and his leadership style i don't think there would have been a mutiny i don't think all those ravagers would have been thrown out into space the body count would be a lot lower oh i hated that scene it's horrible so sad to watch that but it just kind of shows you how heartless some of these pirates can be and probably how heartless yondu would have been if peter weren't there to teach him to warm his heart to warm his heart yeah and to be a, a little daddy and a little softy <laughs> um my what if so <clears throat> what if we got a glimpse of thanos calling nebula's actions from afar acting like a puppet Ooh. and a puppet master right because obviously mm-hmm. they are daughters of thanos my beef with nebulous is that her her path isn't clear like we think she's just there to kill Gamora, but then she ends up saving her. They're trying to kill her, then save her again. So, like, her mission's not very clear. No. So, but what if, you know, her so back and forth was actually her, you know, receiving orders from from daddy, basically? <laughs> if, well, let's see. It, it's not a lot of time between Guardians 1 and 2. Two months. Yeah. Well, yeah, a short time like that. So... It's it's interesting to see that how she was following orders, you know, for I'm getting my movies mixed up. I'm thinking of her following orders for uh, Avengers One. But yeah, but like you're saying, like that's kind of laying the groundwork for this movie. That that's pretty plausible. You know what I mean? That she, in theory, could be following. She's still under Thanos's control. Yeah, and- she's doing his dirty work. Right, but she's he's not just like, sitting in that big fucking motorized chair, <laughs> waiting for a beer to fly out of a damn cooler into his hand or something. He looks like, like the, the Mac Daddy of the universe on the moon. Like, what if like, we got? What if we got a cutaway scene where we where we saw I'm sorry. Thanos? Now I'm just like, I love it when you call me Big Pop uh, over here. Like this man. Right. <laughs> I don't know. He's got the same face and the bald head i can't i'm sorry i'll see myself out of the chat (laughs) but no but what if we got like a glimpse like maybe at like halfway through of like thanos just like a quick like five second glimpse of him like pressing something on his on his gauntlet and it it, like activates something in in her and then she follows up how would that that that, that's kind of the being aware i was going with this with this question like, mm. I, like a, like a yeah droid. i mean it's interesting because she's still part human and she does have this like free will and we can see that where she's like you're gonna need my help your friend's gonna need my help you better untie me and then obviously she just screws everybody over and um takes over the ravagers but yeah i think that's a good point that she's almost 
you know, she's creating this mutiny. She's kind of stoking the flames of this spark that already started where they were like, I don't know, Yondu, he's got he's gonna kind of a little soft there. Kind of gone a little soft there, boss, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's stoking the flames and started this wildfire of mutiny and all this murder and crime and bad stuff that's happening. Right. So, yeah, I think it's definitely plausible. It would have made, you know, even more sense to kind of have that backstory of why she's so evil because or why she's acting so evil because she is a bit back and forth. We see her try to murder her sister for the 400th time. (laughs) And then, you know, I don't have, I mean, I have a sister-in-law, but we've never lived under the same roof other than like on vacation. So anytime we're together, it's like, Oh my God, I love that shirt. Can I borrow it tonight? Oh, great. Cool. You want to wear my jeans? Can I borrow your purse? Whatever. And it's like, great. But it's like, I hear stories from her and her two younger sisters where how it was like growing up that, oh my God, you borrowed my lipstick without asking. Now I'm going to battle you. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the stakes are a little higher when your dad is like, one of you is going to be replaced with computer parts if you fail (laughs) kind of thing. Right. So Um, Not the exact same sister vibe, but just kind of an interesting dynamic that they have such tension between them. And then later on, you know, even in the same breath, we see her take my hand, take my hand, let me save you. And she's like, I don't need you and (laughs) whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's all very plausible. It would make sense in the plot. Very nice. Cool. Moving on to one of my new favorite topics, best and worst. (laughs) Why is it? new so you can get in your worst so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go best first <laughs> he doesn't even so, answer my question <laughs> i'm le- i'm trying not to foreshadow as much um so we got five mid post-credit scenes in this movie was it five total oh my god it was gosh. five total and Alyssa mentioned this on um last week's podcast but the skip credits feature on disney plus like okay like I, I saw the first one and then it popped up again. I'm like, okay, maybe now we're going to go to post credits. I hit it. We got another one, then another one, then another one. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many are there? There's only one maybe useful one. <laughs> um, right. That's like actual plot. Actual plot, <laughs> plot line, you know, forwarding. Um, my opinion, I think this is better than the first movie. Because it's less Peter Quill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what this it's okay whole, this the whole story is about him this no this is drax's movie uh this is his movie through and through oh he i think he has more lines than peter does <laughs> and now he, no, definitely, he definitely has a, he definitely has a lot more than than guardians one he's got more presence he's got more more lead in it you know his um his friendship that he builds with mantis is really really cool to kind of see like his his honesty come out because i don't see him want to lie he's very he's or as he's a literal say, like, person is his kind he's is very he's, he's very forward and and what he says um that's it for my best i figured i'd let, oh my let's, gosh wyatt let's no okay so my other okay so i come did on. like i did like the additional cast we got in this we, we got sylvester stallone yes of, agree hard agree out of, out of nowhere um 
I liked, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was one of the first guys who got sucked out of the ship on <laughs> yonder ship. So he was the Irish dude that has, that has the cuts going up. From his Sons cheeks. of Anarchy. So yes. those, are actually, those are actually his real cheeks. That's not mm-hmm. makeup. So he has that in Sons as well. What? Really? No, it's some, it's some Irish like thing where if you disobey like, like the, 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 the IRA, which is the Irish army, they cut you like that as a permanent. Oh my like, gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was makeup, you know, watch going through Sons of Anarchy that I'm rewatching right now. And then I saw it again. I'm like, oh. so I, I, I did some research and it's wow. true. That's what they do. Wow. Um, I totally forgot that Sylvester Stallone was in this. <laughs> I, I did totally too. Forgot. I did too. I was like, ah, pointing at the screen. We got Sly. What about the uh, David Happy. Hasselhoff cameo? Yes, I loved that as well. All right, uh, all right. Did you guys go through the bonus stuff on, uh, I'm guessing everyone's watching on Disney Plus? Yes, I right. haven't watched it. No. There is a music video. Shut that it the is, front door. It's part cringe, part, oh my God, I got to watch this again. <laughs> but it's got the full cast and the singing portion is the Hoff. What? I'm looking this up right now. It purely looks like a 70s music video. And you kind of look at it and go, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Guardians Inferno? Yep, that's it. Stop. Get the Inferno music video plus more bonus features. Oh, my. Oh my this gosh. is crazy. Oh, yeah. This reminds me of the the Star Wars disco remix. Oh my gosh. It's the same. Wow, this is insane. This like I'm just waiting. Just just wait. Somebody was on drugs. I'm I'm watching it. I pulled it up. Somebody was on drugs when they did this. And I am so happy that they they created it. So thank you, whoever. This has 20.8 million views on youtube oh my gosh okay wow i'm gonna pause that um and we're gonna get back to our our best i guess come back Um, here focus focus adam what were some of your best (laughs) well uh you know i keep referencing you know you all's last podcast a lot of that stuff still applies um the music and especially i'm calling this the greatest opening scene in the yes hard agree i said i said this when we did our top five and i had said the first guardians movie and i have changed my mind it is this one this opening scene is better than the first opening scene hard agree hard you, agree. you get so much fun with baby group dancing but the camera angles to show you that you know the fight with an intergalactic being behind it <laughs> and the, the dialogue is still good and, and gamora Groot, get out of the way. You're going to get hurt. And then he waves at her and she goes, hi. hi. <laughs> no, no, no. Spit that out. Don't eat that. <laughs> yes. Smacks me upside the head. So oh, cute. Greatest opening. And the like Let's abrupt see. ending when like the boom box explodes is great. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, next, the casting. Um, Sean, I'm here. I was, this is where I was going to uh, talk about Sean Gunn. And it turns out James Gunn is one of four brothers and they're all somehow in Hollywood. What? Mm-hmm. I, I Wikipedia did this afternoon myself. You know, they've nothing as big as James Gunn or, or in this case, Sean Gunn. Um, but yeah, there's four James, you know, four Gunn brothers 
you know, doing stuff out there in Hollywood. So, um, let's see. My next favorite thing was the Sovereign's video game ships. Yes. <laughs> As I, I, I am a video game nerd. If you can, you know, that you can't get more real life than that. And it's a great idea. It's all, you know, remote piloted. You're not losing any soldiers. You're just losing ships. Right. Right. Let's see. Next favorite one was Yondu's new fin. His yes. little costume chain, his massive, you know, mohawk fin. <laughs> mohawk, yeah. Punk oh. rock mohawk. Reminded me back in the day, you know, I used to have a mohawk, you know, you know, at, at its greatest, I could I have it touch the tip of my nose. So, you know, I dyed oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. It was that's it was awesome. But it was, it was dyed glorious. red and black, where uh Yondu's is more just red with a little black in it. And reminds me very much of my old times, but absolutely loved the little costume upgrade for him um and the comedy everything and you know from rocket's forest scene where he's just bouncing people up in the air yes and, and completely that, demolishing everybody yes i also would consider that like a really good action scene too i think mm-hmm. it was funny but there was a lot of action you know really blended into that as well i liked that too mm-hmm. and uh you know gotta get on the uh the star lord you know, praise train here. Star Munch. I, I could not think of anybody else who could play this role. So why are your little list that uh exactly? Uh, you can even watching a few of the behind the scenes uh tributes on, on Disney Plus, they're saying that the lead that Chris Pratt, the energy he brought in, he was always happy. He brought the entire cast up and and even uh um Kurt Russell was praising him he's like i learned stuff from this kid <gasps> oh i love that so Aww. you could not have a better focal point of this movie you know so, what's interesting sorry go ahead Wyatt. no it's <laughs> funny you bring that up because on our instagram post uh, my buddy james commented on our gardens of the galaxy post and he said chris pratt's up there were the greatest of the actors such as robert redford harrison ford marlon brando meryl streep brie larson and nicole kidman why it told me so, which is lies. <laughs> so, James, no. And everybody yes, has been texting me about my my list. Yes, including actors. Saudi. Saudi was like, Wyatt, grow up. Saudi, Michael, <laughs> everybody. Well, yes, that's right. Suggest- Michael said oh, that too. I don't want to suggest this to everybody, but you did mention, uh, you know, there are a few people who keep sending you Chris Pratt memes. I am so, not referring. I am referring to that as pratting, and I am going to continue <laughs> doing it to you. So Adam, Adam is the original pratter. He starts sending me Chris Pratt gifts, Pratt. and he's got my assistant manager doing it. Andrew does it every once in a while. So appreciate that, buddy. You're welcome. Well, I was going to make a point really quick because I didn't mention this earlier in our behind the scenes stuff. Um, what's interesting, and probably another reason why. Um, I almost said David Hasselhoff, Kurt Russell said that he learned stuff from him was, um, Chris Pratt claims that shooting this movie actually helped him come to terms with his own father's death because he passed, his father actually passed away when Chris was filming Jurassic world. And he didn't really get a chance to like deal with the death at the time because he was like busy with the filming schedule wanted to just like keep the rest of the spirits of the cast up. And basically 
says in this article, it says for a film that director James Gunn has described as a story about fathers, Pratt was able to open up old wounds that had been healing for some time and acknowledge the fact that there are some wounds that cannot ever be completely healed, such as the death of a parent. So I think that's maybe partially why he's so good in this performance. And I think um, that would make sense as to why all these other great actors that are involved are like, wow, he's so great. I learned so much from him. I love Um, him even more now. I know, right? You gotta love him, Wyatt. You gotta love him. Um, But yeah, a lot of... uh, (laughs) I'm nope. I'm my mouth <laughs> he's like, shut. he's like, we're almost to the worst. Let me hold my tongue. <laughs> um, you guys had a lot of what I had. Um, the comedy, obviously. Um, Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That was 10 <laughs> out of 10. One of the best movie quotes of all time. I will never not quote that. I remember dying seeing that in the theaters, thinking it was so funny. Um, baby group paved the way for baby Yoda, obviously. Like half of the stuff that happens from baby Groot in this film happens with baby Yoda. We get him barfing, baby Yoda barfing. We get the button pushing, we get the wires crossed, right? So it's kind of setting the stage for all of that cute comedy. Um, I also loved this trope throughout the entire film of all the names that Rocket is called. He was called (laughs) a fox, a puppy, rat, a trash panda, a raccoon and a raboon. It's like, raboon. yeah, I remember he's like, no, or a, like a baboon, but he like, or yeah. no, what did I just? Uh, raboon. A baboon. It's, it's there you go. About to say. Thank you. But um, anyway, baby group basically calls him a baboon. And <laughs> he's like, no, you idiot. You mean raccoon. <laughs> so forgot raboon i made a new word as i do every podcast i know i think that was the line was it okay i'm pretty sure that was i'm like why did i write down raboon because that doesn't make any sense (laughs) so yeah obviously he meant baboon but it was funny um uh the other notes i had for the best the acting i thought not you know not only the casting being great but the acting itself i felt like drax maybe he had some acting lessons in between films because this one felt way more genuine even the like forced laughter felt like it was his character and felt less like a wwe guy you know what i mean it felt on point i think he did a much better performance in this movie he really got into his character um and mantis like so good the crying and the laughing like she can switch these emotions so quickly and that's you know the mark of her character that's what she's known for um, so that was really great. And then I really liked the visuals in this film. And I really liked how they kind of set the stage with um, these really colorful, you know, pieces, you know, of each planet going from like all the way underground to all this dark, bleak, black and white, gray death that we saw that was like feeding new life into the planet. Um, So I thought that was very interesting. It was very eerie. It kind of had this like, um, what's that movie Uh, with the neighborhood that's like too good to be true, the Truman Show. It was very Truman Show of them. You know what I mean? Like everything looked sparkly and pretty and it was fine, except everyone in the neighborhood is fake and it's a TV show and it's not real, right? So it was very like, Garden of Eden almost like it's too good to be true kind of idea. So I really liked that. 
definitely set up that plot device of, you know, things aren't what they appear to be very well. Into the worst, shall we? Into the worst. Let's go. So um, where do I start? Where do I start? I guess I'll start there. So the sovereign plans or whatever we want to call uh, them. The sovereign. Sov- they feel sovereign? more like distractions than enemies. Agreed. I, I heard another podcast that say they, they seem more like mini bosses on the way to the main boss. <laughs> They're more mosquitoes that get, that get in the way when you're kind of hiking or out, out there walking. They seem kind of very useless and kind of thrown in almost last minute. Kind of how I, how I felt. Um, the plot line's dull. It is, it's not original. Almost. Not original. So almost every big movie franchise does something very similar to this. Now, what I mean is that, um, do do, do any of you guys watch, watch um, Futurama? Yes. Most of it, yeah. Do you remember this, the, the scene where Leela stumbles across, stumbles across this planet where there's one other Cyclops just like her? And it looks like a complete utopia, but then yes. I find out it's a load of crap. Yep. That's basically what we got in this movie with Ego kind of hiding, you know, all the bad shit that he did to create this planet. Um, but not- there is more of that backstory too, where it's like his parentage and there's the betrayal of his father yeah. poisoning his if- mother and killing her and betraying peter and using his powers you know there's a lot more to it than just the utopia fallacy there that's i know i know the utopia thing is attractive to to everybody no matter who you are so it's it's an easy place to go to but to me it seems it seems like the too easy way to go like he could have gone a different direction with it instead of going the very familiar direction Hmm. um you know, I got on my Chris Pratt soapbox last week. Um, I didn't know that he, you know, lost his father prior to filming this while he was doing Jurassic World. And feel like a some, dick now, don't you? No, Wyatt? no. So as someone, <laughs> as someone who's lost a parent, I yeah. do, I, I, I do somewhat feel with him. But you know, we're we're taught to separate work from home, right? And obviously, a death of a parents it's something that you kind of you, you you not you not something that you deal with on the on the side or deal with you know at yeah. home. Obviously, that's going to bleed over into you know your work, especially when you're acting and pretending to be somebody who you're not. So yeah. I understand that raw emotion can come out. Mm-hmm. I do think he did better in this movie than the first one, but I also said that because we got less of him, we got more tracks. So I was I was happy with that. I, don't I mean, know. my my opinion is slightly sw- swayed with him in the better category. It's working, but a, keep sending still, the memes and the gifts. He's still not. I still don't think he's a Marvel level actor. I really don't. I'm I'm standing by what I say. I I refuse to move on that. Listen, he's well, not an actual Avenger. He's just a Guardian. They're not the same. But we'll then they come together with Guardians with a- three. And like, no. what about Paul Rudd? I would put them in the same category. Mm, I'd subcategory Paul Rudd. You would subcategory Paul Rudd with like a, a longer of- cinemography? 
What? So I would sub him, like not in the same category as Chris, maybe just a step higher than Chris. Because I actually like Paul Rudd. I really enjoy <laughs> Paul Rudd. You're like, I actually it's like hard. Him. It's <laughs> so- hard because I see he's more. I know I'm going to catch a little crap with this, but I know he's more of a lovable character, in my opinion, than Chris is. Well, you feel bad for him. That's why. You feel bad for him in his movie because he can't catch a break. Yeah. Whereas in this film, you're like, oh, Peter, you're such a jerk sometimes. And you say such weird things. And you don't feel, you don't really feel sympathy for him until the whole reveal of, oh, by the way, I (laughs) killed your mom. And I'm using yeah. you for your powers. I'm going to use you like a battery, son. <laughs> right. Call me son one more time. Alrighty. So my dislikes, you know, list is a little bit shorter, but I, I kind of dislike Drax. What? It's, well, what they're doing with him. <laughs> the actual character is great, but his power set is so hit or miss. You know, we're first introduced to him in, in, in prison where everybody knows him. He is Drax the Destroyer. And, you know, you look at him the wrong way, he's going to snap your neck. And then every fight he had and, you know, after that and Guardians won, he's getting his ass kicked. And but yet we come back here, he's being pulled on a rope behind a space, you know, a spacecraft that's going through, a, you know, a hyperspace jump or, or some whatever, <laughs> however they do their, their space travel. Um, you know, how, you know, a ship going that fast, you know, smacking trees, you know, going through a crash landing outside the ship. So <laughs> what is it? Is, is he Drax, you know, is he the badass that, you know, from the prison and, you know, landing outside of a spaceship or is he getting his ass kicked all the time? Right. His power set is just so, so flip flops. So I, I don't like that part of them. Yeah. The sci-fi science there was a little off. I was like, how does this work? This is yes, sci-fi science, more of that. Yeah. Um, other things I disliked, it's, you know, being a parent, um, the, the whole hazing of baby Groot scene kind of, you know, just struck yeah, me the wrong was, way. Wasn't the greatest. It's, it's the same as, you know, everyone getting thrown out the airlock and watching them, you know, you know, freeze to death in space, you know, didn't really what care do for you- that. What do you mean by hazing? Can you be more specific? The scene where, you know, they have them up in a cage and they're, they keep, you know, oh, jumping around, oh. scaring them, you know. Pouring they, they, like liquor on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they did Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't really care for that. Um, so I had it in my lights. You know, I love the comedy, but I think some places it was just a little bit too much. Um, I, I know I was reading that, you know, James Gunn, you know, I pretty much had free reign for Guardians 1. And then Disney told them, do that again, just more. But I think some of the comedy got was a little bit too forced. Agree. Too much. So, they, you know, there were just just moments where it's like, we, we didn't need that. There were moments rewatching where you were like, I know you're trying to get me to laugh here, but like, I've already seen this joke and it's not really funny the second time around. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I could watch that van scene in Ant-Man every single time and it, it always makes me laugh. I totally agree. Every time. Um, my last... I don't like Mantis. You don't really? like Mantis? Like her her entire run in the MCU is like, okay, hey, jump on this big powerful guy, put him to sleep, and that's <laughs> all you do. You know, she's weird and awkward. She only grew up with ego. So, you know, we can't blame her for that one. You know, not right. knowing stuff, having gaps and gaps in knowledge. We all get them, but she had a bunch of them. 
I just don't see her being useful. And she's just not, not a likable character in my book. I'm taking a page out of Wyatt here, you know, and, and not liking one of the, the main characters. <laughs> oh, boy. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> evil, evil. I but, thought, I mean, she definitely, she's a bug, you know, so she's supposed to be a pest <laughs> and a little annoying. But I think like, like you're saying, like she, that's literally her purpose. That's what she was. She's a pet. She was designed to tame her master and they would not have had a successful mission had she not held him asleep for as long as she did. So she did serve a purpose. And I know we only get, I think we get a tiny bit more of her in the MCU later, don't we? Infinity War. In Infinity she put, War, right. She puts Thanos to sleep. Right. That, that's right. all she does is put people to sleep. Well, she and also. Then, who ruins that moment, by the way? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I'll give, no I'll one's, give you that one. No one's dignifying <laughs> that with a response. Um, <laughs> no, well, I think um, her, I think her other powers are helpful too, because then she can also like affect people's moods and make them compliant or make them angry or whatever. So I think there's more to her but we didn't get to see that in maybe, action. We got, we got the three. tutorial, right, right. We got the tutorial of the character, but we didn't get to see it in, in full action. Um, my worst are pretty similar to what they were in the first film of the dirty jokes uh, and the raunchiness of, if they say douchebag one more time in this film, I'm ready for it to have an R rating. Like, that's such a stupid word and like shouldn't even exist anymore. And like men should not ever be allowed to say it. You've never had to use a douche. You shouldn't be allowed to say douchebag. Just saying, just saying, um, this it's just too much. It's too much. There's so, there's so many other things you could say the dick jokes. It's just, it's too much. This is supposed to be again, a Disney movie. You have baby Groot there for the kids. Let's I'm not. I'm surprised this was only PG-13. That's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Either go one way or the other. Don't sit in the middle of the lane here. So PG you know? or R. That's what I'm saying. I well, mean. It's Disney. They're, they won't go R. Yeah. I mean. You cut out so much profit from Deadpool. the kids. You can't see it. <laughs> Deadpool. <Okay. laughs> Deadpool 3, you have to go rated R. But, but you cut out so much of your audience that can't watch your movie. Until yeah. well, like a streaming that Disney right. will not go R. Yeah. Here's another um, pet peeve of mine with this film. How, how do they have a little uniform for baby Groot? How, <laughs> That's a pet peeve. how were they ready for that? The, they put the, they, they changed them into those little outfits in the oh, prison. And the, and the, oh, how the fuck? Did they know we're going to capture baby Groot? And let me make sure I have this exact same outfit in this size. What? It's kind of like, you know, why do we have baby baby Yoda style handcuffs? Right. Why do we have, <laughs> we're putting handcuffs on the baby. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. Exactly. So I just was like watching, you know, enjoying the film and being like, wait a second. Who <laughs> Who of the Ravagers went, you know what, guys, get out the sewing machine. We got to make said, a, a tiny do they, outfit. Do they have a seamstress kind of like behind the scenes? That's what I'm saying. Stuff? Who sewed that? It's a crew full of men 
Somebody had to do it. Well, they're all wearing they're all wearing red, so you know somebody on the ship is is got this sewing machine out. So I'm saying (laughs) that's what I'm saying. They all got the same outfits on. I would have liked to see it. Um, This is also really stupid. The scene with the tape, unnecessary, not funny. You're wasting time. You we could yeah. Wyatt is looking at me like, what does that even mean? With the buttons. Where they're like, does anybody have tape to put over this other button so we don't get murdered? Peter, do you have any yeah. tape? Peter, do you have any tape? Gamora, ask do. do you have any tape? <laughs> did you did you ask Nebula? Well, she was sitting right next to Drax. I knew you didn't ask everyone. Like it's funny, but it was a it was literally like a two minute scene. We could have gotten so much more. It was not funny enough to be worth the amount of time to make the who's on first joke. Like just, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with it. Didn't like that. Um, Yondu's death, the stakes were so low, especially after the first film where Gamora's out in space and he puts the mask on her and she lives and he's fine and he's a celestial. Why did this man not do the same thing for his daddy? I may have missed it, but did he not have his mask like all pinned behind his ear? Know. Could he not just turn that on and be like, oh, I don't hey, know. I don't need That's this what I'm saying. Like, I don't remember oh. if that was there or maybe they they removed it and I missed that part too. But the stakes were not high because I'm like, this is the whole Titanic door situation. Again, the obvious oh, solution right. was there. Um, so I don't I don't like that. And it just felt anticlimactic. Like if Yondu is going to die, if we're going to kill him off, do it in the most epic freaking way possible. Don't just like let him choke to death in space and that be the end of it. You know what he I mean? He was saving his son. It was daddy. He was, but like, son. I feel like the stakes weren't very high. Like there was a lot of ways that could have been less dramatic or more dramatic. You know what I mean? Because it was like, they tried to make it this, oh, he sacrificed himself. And I'm just like, no, no. Um, I'm with you, Wyatt, on the, on the uh, not, not Celestials, on the Sovereign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're just batteries. Like, I get that you were crossed by these people and you were made to look a fool. But then, like, steal something back from them. Don't go to murder them. Like, this is... They're an elevated society. They would not stoop to that level. You do not slight the sovereign. The penalty is death. I see that, but it's also like your army is worth shit. You don't. You guys also get back suck. in your video game ships. And, yeah, you and, can you can talk the talk, but you can't fly a ship to save your life. Apparently, I so, think they yeah. were mainly in this movie to set up. I think the new character is, is it's. Black Adam is the actual character. Yes, right. So I think that was the whole reason was it it was set up for possible Guardians 3 or something. They could have made them a little better because I think they use them a little too much for comedy too, like with the carpet thing and they get stuck and she kind of kicks the slave and they move it and it's this whole like, I don't know, just wasn't a huge fan. The actress who plays the main sovereign um, high priestess she was great. I thought she was great. Her her uh, performance was very convincing, but the rest of it, even the whole like laughing at Taser face was very like meh. 
you know what I mean? It just didn't. I was like, I'm over this. Um, and the ending, it was so abrupt. I was like, this is the, this is it. That's the end. There's no resolution. There's Maybe no cliffhanger. The five post credits. I think that's probably why, but, um, I don't know. It just, it didn't hit the mark for me. Normally you're like, okay, that was the end. And I'm not happy with it, but I accept it. Or you're like, Ooh, was that the end? The cliffhanger, you know, where they zoom in on Bella's eyes and she opens them and she's got red eyeballs. What's going to happen in the next film? Da, da, da. We don't get that. We don't get that at all. Yeah. So ending was not, not my fave there. What about the, the Ravager funeral? That, that was, was cool. at least worth it. Yes, that was actually great. <laughs> that was actually really nice. And I liked the tribute that they paid to him. And I liked the reaction <laughs> that that main Ravager guy had. He's like, whoa, that's what I'm talking about. Do you know and who that he picked up the torch? Up? Yes. And that he picked up the torch. Do you know who that was actor wise? He looked familiar, sounded familiar, but I couldn't tell you. We've talked about him. Wyatt and I both talked about him. Yep. Oh, he's, he's the a, one. That's he's Sean the brother. Gunn. Yeah. Oh, he's the brother. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> Dang. I mean, I'm over here like, I don't know who James Gunn looks like <laughs> <laughs> over here. Let's see. Now I'm going to pull it up. No, I don't see it. Wow. They don't look alike. No. But that's... uh. I mean, if you're one of five, you're bound to look like one of your siblings, but maybe not this one. Okay, let's take it into our last category of alter egos. Oh, boy. This is going to be <laughs> interesting. I uh, was talking to Wyatt before this, and I was like, D do we have one for Andrew? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, I didn't really come up with one for Andrew. <laughs> I was... uh not thinking about that. Um, so I guess I'll start with Andrew. Um, I just thought Groot again, because of the way he was eating the M&Ms was like the way Andrew eats popcorn when Wyatt and I argue. Um, <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see. For Wyatt, I had Drax. Yeah. So kind of funny that you were like this is Drax's movie did not plan that I picked that out before you said that um <laughs> Drax saying to Star-Lord aka Andrew you just need to find a woman who's pathetic like you oh my god <laughs> feels, I would say that <laughs> feels very Wyatt hold on let me text him real quick yeah <laughs> uh very stubborn does what he wants you know we had it under control Drax says at one point so I thought that was very, very you, Wyatt. <laughs> um, and all the laughing at the expense of your friends. <laughs> this is very you, too. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Um, for Adam, I had Rocket. Um, I said, always want something funny to say. Great comedic timing. We'll go out fighting. Opinionated, can be stubborn can be manipulative to get what he wants, like you did with your daughter's name. <laughs> that was like the was only on connection, <laughs> right? Right, but you were like, yes, yes, let's, let's do that. Let's do that and didn't tell her the real do meaning. It. Do it, right. <laughs> um, 
And then what you were posting on Facebook the other day, a raunchy sense of humor, like a teenager sometimes. So that was, uh... oh yes. Physically I'm 35, <laughs> mentally I'm six. Right. I was like, this tracks, this is rocket. Um, and for me, I said mantis. Um, I definitely find myself to be a very, um, empathic person. And I've been like that since, um, elementary school. And uh, it was funny. My boyfriend and my dad were meeting for the first time the other night on FaceTime because my dad is out of state on an extended retirement vacation. And my dad was like telling my boyfriend about me since we've been dating for like a couple of weeks and still getting, still getting to know each other. And he said to my boyfriend that growing up, Alyssa always did what was right and that never made her popular. So she always thought about how other people would feel. And if somebody was in the cafeteria sitting by themselves, Alyssa would go be friends with that person because she would think, oh, how does that person feel? Right. Like that doesn't mm. feel good to be the, the only one. Um, or, you know, I had friends growing up that were the you know biggest kid in the class and people would make fun of them because they were overweight and I would be friends with them because nobody else was friends with them. And they were often like the best people to be friends with. You know what I mean? Right. So my dad was telling my boyfriend, oh, she suffered a lot socially because of that. And, you know, never had popularity but she had genuine friendships because of it so I can definitely relate to that and um, I think just in general like when somebody tells me bad news like I can immediately feel how they're feeling so I very much relate to that I share that sorrow or that joy or like whatever that feeling is for that other person so I feel things very deeply (laughs) oh oh yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Then for you, Alyssa, I actually had you rocket slash mantis. Ah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, my reasoning that I wrote is that you're, <laughs> you're always having to explain things to us over and over again, like we're group. <laughs> Not the button that will kill everyone. That's great. I like that. Um. <clears throat> Andrew, I actually put as Star-Lord only because of one line in this movie. So towards the very end, he goes, of course I have issues. That's my freaking father. Oh, that sounds like Andrew. Yes. We, we hear him complain about his dad quite often. Yep. Star munch. <laughs> um, Adam, I had you as a split personality between Yondu and Groot. Ooh. So Groot's sassy. You're sassy. Um, Yondu is like the, uh, not the overbearing parent, but like, he's like the gatherer of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I work with you, so you kind of oversee some of the in-shop operations. So you're kind of the overseer. So that's kind of how I planted you for, for Yondu. And he's a smart ass and you can be like that as well. Myself. I'm so glad you said Drax because that's what I put for myself as well. Oh, yeah, it makes sense because you said this is Drax movie. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam, round us off. What do you got? Well, I was going to start with Alyssa, which is a tad bit hard. 
because I've only physically met her for about 20 minutes. We, uh, <laughs> uh, she was with Wyatt. We randomly bumped into each other in uh, Tomorrowland at, at yes, Magic that was Kingdom. Yes. It was. And from that to the trivia nights that Wyatt used to host and, you know, getting to know her through the podcast, it, it was a little hard because, but I also had Mantis for you. Oh, uh, for the exact same reason you said. Oh my God, stop. That's so cool. You know, I, I my uh, short description I put is that she feels for other people. You know, there's Aww. been other issues that, you know, in the MCU that she went, you know, I can understand why this affects this person, you know, you know, stuff, stuff like the, the sexism, you know, earlier you talked about, you know, the, the raunchiness of people, you know, using the word douche, you know, it, it's not just because you're a woman that you can connect with that, but it's, it's, you're a good person. You can feel for that. Aww, so thank you. Besides, you know, I may not like, you know, Mantis, the character, but <laughs> that, that part of I know you trashed her and now you're like, Alyssa is Mantis. No. <laughs> but but that's exactly what I had for you. Oh, cool. uh, for Wyatt, I put you as Rocket because that's what I had last time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> working with you, you know, uh -huh. you're like, this is going to happen my way. Rocket, you know, it's like, it's like, no, <laughs> we're going to do it the company way. And you're like, no, we're going to do it my way. And it just reminded me of, you know, the, the whole who's flying the ship scene in this movie. Yeah. He's like, nope, I, I oh have this gosh, part. Yeah. It fits. I'm putting it in. I don't care if it's slightly wrong. I'm put, I know it's go. I'm, I'm putting it in. So <laughs> that is a situation I dealt with this week. We'll talk about that later. But um, Andrew, um, you know, it was another hard one because I have never physically met Andrew. We, you know, talked a little bit through the social media, you know, here and there. Right. Really? I didn't know that you guys haven't met. Well, for the longest time, you know, it's the last year and a half, we've been going through covid and we, everyone well, stayed sure, home. yeah right right so um i still had him as well as you know star lord as well uh from oh. what i can gather about you know knowing him he can be a little bit goofy but he's he's very protective <laughs> of his friends and family mm -hmm. you know he talked about he was the one carrying at your wedding uh, mm -hmm. wyatt and, you know he mm -hmm. was there to be the protector but mm -hmm. can still be a little goofy now every now and then so you know, I'm thinking Star Lord, you know, dropping the infinity stone. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, he's lovable, you know, goofball, but he could be could be right there to have your back. Now, as far as me, I put myself as Craglin. Oh. You know, I, I there may it be, is. you know, the head of you know the office part of my job, you know, but you know. I'm still the number two, you know, it goes, all the managers, you know, they're going to come to their number two person. That's typically me. And, you know, to, to get the job done, you know, you know, the, the techs we have, you know, out on the road, you know, they can definitely call the shop and anybody in the shop can help them with their, their issues. But they, we call ask my cell phone. <laughs> they call my cell phone directly. You know, they forgot the office number. They know my, they know my number. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm that number two in the shop where I'm just, you know, following orders and uh so that's how i saw myself so before we wrap up let's go let's actually dive into a previous question that we tend to revisit here and there so if we got a chance to drop the one mf -er in this movie the samuel jackson mf -er, where would we drop it <laughs> and which character would drop it as well oh my god so adam where are you 
where are you thinking? I think it fits perfectly in this movie right here. So <laughs> the line is technically said by Groot, but you know, Rocket in, translating it, you know, you know, we all know heard the line, I have Groot. But Rocket's like, he said, Welcome to the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Except he didn't say, say freaking. I wish that would have been the one line. It was welcome to the F and Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that it fit. That's perfect. And it, and for this movie being, you know, not typical, you know, Earthlings and you know, outer space, I, I fit. I'd almost want Drax <laughs> Drax to say it somewhere. Yes. But, but like he would drop it so like nonchalant, like it's a part of his vocabulary. You know, when 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 he is making the you know the big joke, you know, like he, he has a mother effing penis, like maybe, maybe in there somewhere. <laughs> and it works pretty great. Oh my gosh. No, mine would go with the button scene. That's the button. I don't kill everyone. Yeah. That's where it belongs. It's rocket. Oh it's gotta be rocket. Who's saying it. It fits so well in this movie that I'm surprised we didn't get it. Right, because the, the amount of curse words we quote curse words we get, we get a, a lot of shit. We get a lot of like jackass and all that. Well, guys, in times of hardship, just remember we are Groot, or in our case, we are Spectre Radio. But we can't say goodnight without or goodbye without saying thank you so much to our our very special very helpful guest adam for yes. being here tonight very, so thank very you adam guest. for being well, our you. hero <laughs> thank you guys for having me it is it is the ass to be back on and i i hope you know everybody out there enjoys hearing what little tidbits i have to say yes yes we we certainly did so <laughs> make sure to check out the Passholders guide podcast and uh, like and subscribe on social media for that as well to give it a listen. Um, let's see here. We are obviously going in timeline order. So next week we'll be diving into Age of Ultron. But you know what that means. If we're diving in, we're getting pretty deep already into this next phase of the MCU of this timeline at least. Um, we have so, two more movies and then that's phase two done yep exactly so you know what that means if we're coming towards the end of the phase it's time for another ask the avengers so please please help us out submit your questions on social media and you can also send them to us via email you can text them to us personally you can yell at your car radio whatever you need to do <laughs> to get them into our ears but Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio signing off.